When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 39 of Talk is Chief, our New York Giants podcast on NJ.com. As we go through our second week looking for the new head coach of the Giants, last week Tom Coughlin stepped down, and now the Giants continue their search uh, to find his replacement. We have James Cratch with us, as always, and live from Houston. We're doing this podcast from three different spots, three different uh, places. And it is uh, Jordan down in Houston uh, with the owners and, and a lot of news coming out from there and the Giants trying to put this in together. So we'll start with Jordan uh, in Houston right now as we do this podcast on a Wednesday morning. Uh, Jordan, give us a little update and, uh, and tell us how it's going down there. Things are going well down here in Houston. We got to speak to Steve Tisch. First time we talked to Steve Tisch in a long time. Uh, he didn't even speak at the uh, Tom Coughlin farewell. So he gave us a little update. He thinks that the head coaching search could end by the end of the week. Might be a little optimistic on the timeline there because the way the Giants are going to do it is they're going to do all their interviews. They're going to finish. This is how John Mara explained it last week. They're going to have a second round, and that second round is that's when they introduce him to the Tishes because Steve says he's been talking to Jerry Reese daily and getting updates daily, but it doesn't mean he's actually met the candidates. He hasn't met with any of the candidates yet. So he does get involved. Look, he's not involved that much in the day-to-day, but when it comes to the head coaching search, He's involved there. So he said they pretty much, you know, everyone kind of has their favorites at this point. Uh, they know what they're, you know, which guys they like. And the fact that he said end of the week, it gives you the impression that, hey, the field that is there right now, that's pretty much going to be this field uh, of candidates. So that's what the Giants are going to choose from. And maybe, maybe one other guy sneaks in. I mean, they're going to. Likely interview, we're, we're taping this on, what, Wednesday? Yes. They're likely going to interview uh, Hugh Jackson sometime today, maybe tomorrow. Uh, so that'll be another interview they get out of the way. And uh, maybe, maybe one more candidate would sneak on. But if uh, you're looking at Steve Tisch thinking it might end by the end of the week, don't expect anything, uh, any, you know, three, four more candidates. So it's winding down here. That's where we're at. And uh, on the Eagles side, I mean, you know, the, we have, or not the Eagles side, yeah, the Eagles side, but, you know, former Giants coaching side, we have Tom Coughlin. And Tom Coughlin, uh, you know, J- Steve Tisch offered this up when he when asked about, hey, what was what's it like to hear about Tom Coughlin interviewing with the Eagles? And he said, uh, Jeffrey Lurie said to him that the interview went very well, so... Uh, that's an interesting, interesting to hear that it went very well, but I'm not sure what exactly to make of that at this point, but it is what it is. And, uh, the Giants are going to let Tom Coughlin go to whatever team they want. Uh, the compensation part of it, 
that was a miscommunication. Uh, at first, I thought he said uh, he shook his head no to saying there wouldn't be compensation uh, in regards of draft pick or anything uh, exchange. But that he later that was clarified and said uh, that that wasn't exactly what he was intending to say. He didn't think that was what the question was. So uh, that's where we stand right now from Houston. And uh, the coaching search goes back on John Mara is back at home now. Uh, the owners did bolt last night on Tuesday night. So they w- did get home last night. That gives the Giants an opportunity to immediately continue the coaching search today. So as which we is go- Wednesday. Right. So Wednesday we're here and, and this thing, like you said, is at some point maybe going to wind down and they're going to. Uh, yeah, we're moving. We're moving. We are moving here. So let's reset it for everybody. If, if everyone hasn't been paying attention to every moment of this thing, they just want to hear the names and, and we'll talk about them. And you guys and we all three of us can rank uh, the candidates we know. So, James, the, the, we, how many interviews have they actually done here so far? How many names are actually really part of this? Because I know they did uh, put the request in for Sean McDermott, right? But that, that interview never happened. So it's five or six names we're banting about right now? Never it's, put uh, the request in. That request never, put never put the request in. Okay, so that, that one was just out there, but that's not happening. So they have five or six names, right? Uh, I think it's uh, – they. well, he will make seven candidates. So it'll okay. play, uh, Ben McAdoo, Steve Spagnuolo, uh, Terrell Austin, the Lions defensive coordinator. Yep. Uh, Adam Gase, the, who was the Bears offensive coordinator. Right, now he's, elim- he's eliminated now. Yeah, he's the Dolphins head coach. Uh, Doug Marone and um, Mike, Mike Smith. Smith. Right. And now Hugh Jackson. So there you go. So stay, they're going to have interviewed seven guys. One already has a job, so six are left in the pool. So six left here. And, you know, I guess big picture, Jordan, when you look at these six, what does it tell you? I mean, it's kind of a, a mixed group. You have two of their former assistants under Tom with Ben and, and Steve Spagnuolo. You have a couple of former head coaches in the NFL with Doug Marone and Mike Smith. And then you have Hugh Jackson, who's going to be the last guy up, and Terrell Austin, who's done a nice job uh, with the Lions as their defensive coordinator. So – to me, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, a little bit of experience, a little bit your own guys, and a little bit of, you know, I guess you could call hot assistants, you know, guys that are working their way up and, and maybe deserve a shot here. Yeah, three defensive and three offensive guys, too. I mean, if you, I mean I'm, I'm discounting Adam Gates. It's six guys left, three defense, three offense, four former head coaches, two guys that are coordinators, uh, a little, so a little bit of everything there. So it is, it's an eclectic mix. It's an, interest, it's an interesting mix. Not what you were expecting when you were thinking about a Giants head coaching search here, though. I mean, I, I, at least not what I was expecting. I thought maybe we'd get some bigger names, and uh, they have never materialized. I'm sure they put, you know, they put the bait out there. They, they put the lines out there. It just appears that they've never materialized. Uh, you know, the David Shaws of the world, the uh, even Brian Kelly. Uh, you, people bring up Nick Saban or... Uh, Bill Cower, those kind of guys. We haven't seen any of those guys really seriously in this mix, and it doesn't appear like they're going to be either, at least from now. It doesn't. James, for you, do you think there's any chance anyone else jumps in, whether they're these big names or maybe some of these coordinators that are on the playoff teams coming up this weekend? We know the Patriots guys basically, you know, they've been quiet here. Do you think anyone else jumps into this, or is, is this our group? I, I get the feeling this is this is the group. I mean, I would think it would be more likely that you would have like a – a big college name suddenly say, wait a minute, you know, I, I'm interested more than uh, uh, you know, those coordinators that are on the teams during the playoffs now, you know, especially the, the, the Patriots guys, you'd have to wait till I, you know, it seems to be up in here. I'm not sure. Some people say you, you, they could interview them during the, uh, 
the week between the conference title games and the Super Bowl. But the way I read the NFL rules, you've got to wait till after the Patriots are done, which could be, you know, second week in February. So, I mean, if, if Steve Tisch thinks this is going to wrap up by the end of the week, even if that's maybe an optimistic goal, I don't think the Giants are going to wait until, you know, February or whatever just to meet a guy for the first time. Well, you can meet a guy, I believe the rule is the week between the Super Bowl okay. and the uh, and the, uh, the, the week after the NFC Championship in between the Super Bowl. Yeah. But so, you but can't hire, still, right? You couldn't hire until you could yeah, hire. Yeah, but you can't hire. So I think, you know, like uh, Dan Quinn la- last year, I think, you know, he wasn't officially hired, but it was kind of done known that it was a done deal beforehand. Right. So that would put a pause on this if it was, you know, for any of these teams that want to hire one of these coaches, you know, that are still in the postseason uh, until they're out. So as we sit here now on this Wednesday morning, uh, Jordan, you're in Houston. James, you're here. And, um, and everyone listening is trying to figure out where the Giants go next. What's the feeling that you guys are getting? I mean, you give me your opinion on it, but then the feeling, just based on what you've heard out of these interviews, we always, there's always those rumors that come out, or like you talked about, Jordan, with the Eagles, you know, an actual quote from someone saying Tom Coughlin's interview went well down in Philadelphia. Uh, I mean, none of us are in the, build, in the room with these guys, but we, we kind of get a feeling afterwards. What feeling are you getting about how these candidates have done in these interviews? I mean, McAdoo feels like a name everyone keeps putting near the top of this. Who's done well from what you've heard? Yeah, I'm not so sure I would put McAdoo at the very top of this list. Uh, from what I, everything that I hear and when I, when I talk to people, uh, there just seems to be a little bit of a hesitation that maybe he's not ready yet. So I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure he's, he's at the top of that favorite list. I think right now the favorite list, and I'll, I'll, put, I'll put them in order of how I think the Giants have him right now. Today is Wednesday. I'll put that out there sometime today. I think that the top two guys right now uh, with the candidates that are out there are Doug Marone and Hugh Jackson. I think those are the two guys. I mean, Hugh Jackson, we'll see because he hasn't had his interview yet. But I think Doug Marone is a guy that they really like as a coach. There's a little bit of a reservation because of some of the stuff in the past with him. Uh, But I think that he's a guy that the Giants, uh, their front office, and – owners and co-owner John Mara really like they like the fact that he has something to prove they like the fact that he's very respected in the football world known very well as a thought of very highly as a football coach so I think there's a lot that they like there James how about for you just based on what you think what you've heard and I know you and I have talked about how much the sense McAdoo kind of makes but in terms of what you think the Giants might be leaning towards here with, with the names we know I I I agree with you. I think that I would be stunned if the hire is not from that that group of three: McAdoo, Marone, and Hugh Jackson. Um, I think Hugh Jackson's really kind of a fascinating candidate, um, and I think it would be really intriguing to see, you know, not only how you know what what the word is after his interview, but you know, can the giant? It seems like there's going to be a kind of a bidding war for Hugh. It seems like the uh, the Browns are pretty intent. Uh, on trying to secure his services, and obviously, you know, we all know the Giants' job is has much more, you know, benefits than necessarily the Browns' job does. But, you know, being a head coach in the NFL is being a head coach in the NFL, and if the Browns, you know, offer personnel control, which you know they're reportedly willing to do to some extent. The Giants are obviously not going to give you know, Hugh Jackson personnel control beyond 
you know, what normal head coaches might have. Um, so, you know, that could get tricky. But I, I definitely think those three names, are the, the head coach will come out of those three names. Just remains to be seen how it all shakes out by the end of this. How about the perception of this search here as we go through this? I mean, you guys are seeing the comments. You talk to Giants fans. They react to what you guys write and what you guys are, are telling them. Jordan, you mentioned a few minutes ago, this is, probably doesn't have the cachet with some of the names maybe you expected or any of us expected. Do you think Giants fans are you know, comfortable with this search, or do they feel like that this is it, that these are the guys that are going to – one of these guys is going to be the next head coach? Yeah, it's kind of ironic because, you know, you, you listen to what everybody's saying, and all of a sudden it's like, the best candidate is Tom Coughlin. Well, if you watched the Giants last year, I don't know how you come away and say the best candidate is Tom Coughlin. He, you know, there was some very questionable moves, some games where you could say he, he, probably, he, he likely cost them. Uh, there, you know, the Giants got rid of him because they wanted to get rid of him. I know he stepped down because they didn't think he, he did a great job last year. They thought that you know, he, he made some key mistakes that cost them games. And uh, it's it's funny to see that they're coming. It's coming back around. Like Tom Coughlin's the best uh, candidate out there. Uh, I'm not so sure that that's the case. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, but we'll see. And uh, but yeah, it's not as it's not as sexy as probably a lot of people a lot of people would like here. But um, you know, it's tough when you do a coaching search because. It'll, the, the, the perception is going to change real quick the second they hire someone. Everyone's going to get on board with it because until you see that guy, that person as a head coach, you're usually fine with it. and You're optimistic that it'll, that it'll turn out well. And, and so I think, I think the, the perception will change really quickly when, when, when they do make a decision. You, you could find enough positives in anybody to say, oh, that's, this is going to work out while the record is 0-0. Ryan, that's a good point. And James, you and I were discussing this yesterday and earlier this morning before we started recording. It just feels like when it comes to these searches, unless, like Jordan just said a minute ago, unless they have a track record as a head coach, we don't really know. I mean, we know a little bit, but I mean, most people don't really know much at all other than, oh, this guy was part of this team and they were good, so he must be good. I mean, we're all kind of in the dark on what they would be as head coaches unless we've seen them in that role before. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say 99 out of 100 you know maybe even more maybe better you know larger odds nfl head coaching searches ends up with a team hiring a coordinator who's never been a head coach before or a guy who's been a head coach but he got fired someplace and there's some sort of baggage attached to him you know i mean if you think about it like tom coughlin you know were people complaining in 2004 saying tom coughlin you know this isn't a big enough name you know, I mean, Tom showed up in 04, coming off a couple of consecutive losing seasons. He'd never gotten the Jaguars in the Super Bowl. Um, so I agree with Jordan. It's not really a, there's no sexy name there, but once they make a hire and they have the press conference, people are going to get on board and they're going to file in. And, you know, by the time you hit OTAs, no one will even be remember who the other candidates were. No, they won't because they'll get on board or they won't or they'll have an opinion on whoever the head coach is of the Giants. Let's go for a couple of minutes just on, on what's happening with Tom because obviously Giants fans are, are paying attention to it and uh, have an emotion and, and will for a while attach to Tom Coughlin. Jordan, are you surprised two teams now, the Eagles and the Niners, uh, have at least given Tom Coughlin interviews? How do you feel about Tom now moving on and if he does land one of these jobs, either Philadelphia or San Francisco? Yeah, I'm very surprised uh, because 
you know, those aren't teams that I'm looking at. Look, I I think that it might make sense if Tom if Tom were to go to say the Detroit Lions or the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that appears to be close. They need a little respectability from their coaching staff, uh, from their coach, and you know maybe that'll help put them over the top. To see like the 49ers and the Eagles, who pretty much need uh, at least a mini rebuild in both spots, and something that's going to take time. Yeah, it gives me pause and makes me wonder. Uh, you know that doesn't really make sense. Uh, the reality is he's 70 years old. You know, you you want a head coach. Personally, I want a head coach if I'm hiring. Say, okay, I'm going to hire this guy for 10 years. You know, this is going to be my coach for the long term. And I don't really know you could I, – I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you can't say that about Tom Coughlin. I really don't think he's going to be your coach in 10 years at 80 years old. Seems I don't unrealistic. Either. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, even if you're being optimistic. I mean, maybe – I guess teams that will hire him, if, if someone does, will say, you know, the coaching cycle, you know, it's not really that anymore and we want some stability. Or however they'll spin it, but – yeah, even if you think Tom still has years left in him, 10 years seems like uh, – that seems like a real stretch here. James, how about you? Yeah, with- if you say four or five, I think we could all – okay, we can right. buy that. You know, that's not it's – not, it's not out of, out of this world ridiculous. But, you know, you if that's the max for your head coach, it seems like a strange hire to me. Like, I got a head coach who's only – who has – at most is going to last five years. Is that weird to anybody here or is that just me? No, it's weird, in, it's weird in theory to me. Like, I guess in reality, that's kind of how long coaches last. But like you're saying, the theory or the, the hope would be you find that next Tom Coughlin. And, and he, at this point, can't be that next Tom Coughlin. What do you think about this, James? I mean, I agree with Jordan. Like, obviously, look, the, the Bengals are not going to get rid of Marvin Lewis. And, and Bengals owner Mike Brown wouldn't even do this to begin with. But, you know, if I were owner of the Bengals and I decided I didn't think Marvin was the answer anymore, and I basically said, okay, we got a team – Tom, come here for three years. We want to win one Super Bowl, and then we don't care what else. You know, you know, like a team like the Bengals, if they win one Super Bowl, I mean, that, they can live off that for the next 50 years in Cincinnati. So, like, that's the situation I think Tom would fit in. Like, come here, don't screw this up, let's win a championship, and let's, you know, move on. But, I mean, I understand Philly wanting to interview him, you know, just even because, you know, it might be a courtesy thing. Jeffrey Lurie might want to pick the guy's brain about his own franchise since, you know, Tom's been his opponent for 12 seasons. And I understand that, you know, the, the ties with Trent Baalke and Bill Parcells in San Francisco, but I just, I just don't see how hiring Tom is an effective way to build toward the future franchise, especially a franchise like the Eagles or the Niners that have to rebuild. And, you know, it was a report in the Miami Herald that the Dolphins, as Jordan said, you know, the Dolphins considered Tom in the beginning and said he's 69 years old and he didn't do a very good job with the Giants, so we're going to pass. Um, so I am surprised Tom has gotten two interviews. Um, but at the same time, I'm not surprised because we've said that the candidate pool out there just isn't very deep. But I agree with Jordan. I don't really think that he's necessarily a, a, a guy that would be on the top of my list if I were hiring a head coach. Yeah, I just mean, feels more like a bridge than he does a foundation. feels like a bridge to whatever you do next than he does you know, the foundation to your franchise like he, be, you know, he became for the Giants you know, 12 exactly. years ago. Exactly. And hey, no, I want a ceiling. I want a, I want a huge ceiling. I want, a, I want a guy who I could see being the next you know, Chuck Noll or 
uh, Don Shula. I want a guy who I, I could see, or, or Tom Landry, who I could, all right, this guy might be there for 15, 20 years and win multiple Super Bowls. You know, like, that's, that's, that's the hope. I mean, I know it's unrealistic, and most of the time it doesn't happen, but I, I want to have that hope that that's what my head coach could be. This guy could be my guy for a long, long time. I mean, look, if you want, if you have a situation like, for instance, Miami could have said, all right, Tom, come here for two or three years, and then we're going to turn this over to Dan Campbell, who we really like. Like, you can have a bridge situation. You could have a, we just want to win one Super Bowl in the next three years. The window's closing. But, I mean, Tom's not going to be the head. I mean, if Tom is, if Tom is hired by one of these teams and he is the head coach five years from now, I would be pretty surprised. If Let's think head- realistically, though. When have we ever seen a bridge situation? I guess Caldwell and, and Dungy and Indy, but then, you know, Peyton Manning broke his neck and Caldwell basically got thrown out immediately thereafter. That's the only time yeah, I mean, Be- Belichick and, and, and Parcells. Parcells. And then what happened? He, For a day. He, 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 he resigned and he, he left. And um, he went. But that was after he already went out on his own anyway, you know? Like, he, he was already a head coach, Belichick. Yeah. Oh yeah. How old, no. how old was um was Dick Vermeil when he went to the Chiefs after the Rams success? He I mean he wasn't probably as old as Tom, but he was pretty old. I mean that's I'm trying to think of one that had success, won somewhere else, then moved on again, and it just you know, it was really old. I'm trying to I'm trying, trying to find was that out six, now. was 65 when he went with the Chiefs. Okay, and he lasted 5 years there, I think 01 to 05, so then he got yeah. out right at this time that Tom is trying to get back in. I mean, that's the only one that kind of is comparable because I guess you could say, you know, Philadelphia, then St. Louis, he won his championship, even though he wasn't in St. Louis very long, and then one more stop late in his career. And uh, I guess Vermeil was pretty good with the Chiefs. They didn't get to a Super Bowl or anything, but he you know, got a couple of good seasons there. But they went 13 and, 13 and 3. Right. And then they lost the, in the playoffs, I think, to, the, uh, to Peyton Manning. But this is like, this is a, re- everything with Tom feels like it's its own story because we've never really seen anything like this before. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's uncharted territory. That's why that's why there's so many varying views on it. Uh, but you know, yeah, and I, think I'm an, I, I think I think the Giants thought it was over for him, and that you know time had kind of passed him as a, as a coach, and uh, that's kind of why he wasn't back. So that kind of sits in my head a little bit. You know, that, that hey, maybe this isn't the best idea. Right, and it might turn out. Because at least be a- I think I think at least sorry, Joe. I think okay. at least with um, Vermeil, like you say, okay, sixty-five, maybe you know, re- best best case scenario, we we could get that ten years still. You know, that's that's kind of where we're at with Coffin, but now we're at okay, maybe we can get that four to five years instead of that ten. Right, you're grasping at just you know a couple more than, than a normal cycle. You're you're hoping for a little bit more than three, and and not being upheaval again. In a couple of years. All right, before we rank each of our candidates, the top, how we would rank, because each of you guys earlier in the show gave how you think the Giants might be viewing it right now. But before we give our opinion and what we think these candidates should be ranked as for the Giants, I did see one thing, Jordan, in your Wednesday uh, coaching buzz. We're doing this podcast on a Wednesday morning, and you had a piece up this morning on NJ.com, and there were some um, little news nuggets in there about Giants assistants that are now out on interviews in other places um, I think Pat Flaherty and maybe with quarterbacks coach as well, or the wide receivers coach for the Giants, also interviewing in other places. Is that any indication in your mind that maybe they feel like a new regime is coming in here? Because there has been some thought, 
well, if McAdoo or Spagnolo stayed, maybe some of these other assistants would stay too. Is, do, should we read anything into that, or is this just guys interviewing in other places? No, I think that's fair to read into it. They they, they see the writing on the wall that there's going to be significant changes. Um, and let's be honest, there should be significant changes. If you're going to make this change, it makes zero sense to have Ben McAdoo get hired and have Steve Spagnuolo as his defensive coordinator. And then you look at it and say, like, hey, what the heck did we really do here? What kind of change did we actually make? You know, we have, we have basically had the same coaches as last year, just Tom Coughlin's not here overseeing it. So... There's going to be changes. There's going to be a new look. And I think that everyone's kind of reached that reality at this point. So it's like, they're, hey, we got to make sure we don't get caught with our pants down. we got to, we got to go, uh, we got to see what's going on here. Right. Everyone wants to kind of protect themselves and look forward to their next, uh, next spot here. All right, let's go around and talk about each of you. I, I know each of you guys wrote on NJ.com ranking how you guys would rank the candidates uh, that we know of right now. So give me your top three each. We'll start with James, then go to Jordan, and then I'll throw my thoughts in there on, on what I know, what I've uh, heard and read it from you guys and, and kind of surmised here. So James, we'll start with you. Your top three candidates if you were John Mara. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, three, 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 two, one, or one, two, three? Uh, let's go three, two, one. Okay. Uh, number three, I would put Doug Marone. Um, I know last week when we were on the podcast and we did the yay or nay, I said nay about Marone after you know learning a little bit more about him. I get the feeling that he is the guy who he could be a really, really good, maybe great head coach the second time around. He also could have the same things that happened in Buffalo happen, and it could be a, a mess. But I definitely think he's a guy who he fits, checks all the boxes for the Giants, and you know he would be a guy who – there would be some criticism if you first hired him. There'd be some hesitation, some trepidation. But he's a guy who could end up being you know, a home run hire the second time around. Um, number two, I got Hugh Jackson. Um, all indication he's a great coach. He seems to be a great communicator with his players. Uh, he seems like he'd be a really fun guy to cover, um, you know, from, you know, seeing him from afar. You know, really outgoing personality. I think that would be kind of interesting to see how, like, you know, as we said last week, you know, Tom had a Tom had a big personality, but he wasn't necessarily a big personality in front of the cameras. Um, I think it'd be fascinating to see what he was a very a billion outgoing guy. Um, see how he would play on the New York stage. And if one for me is Ben McAdoo, and as I said, you know, if the Giants believe Ben McAdoo is going to be a good head coach in the NFL someday, I don't see why they should let him walk out the door. You know. Maybe, he, as Jordan said, he might not be 100% ready, but, you know, I think the Giants, the, you know, they're looking long-term. They're, they're a patient organization. You know, if they have to take deal with some growing pains, then, you know, deal with them. If, if you truly believe that McAdoo is going to be successful in this league as a head coach, then take a chance on him. That, that's just the way I look at it. I would, too, when it comes to McAdoo. If you, really, if you really believe in that guy, I mean, it's hard to let him walk out the door, especially if he does um, find himself maybe down in Philadelphia or somewhere else that could come back to haunt him. J- uh, Jordan, how about you? How would you rank your top three for this job based on what we know right now? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll start at the top because that's what we're talking about. I'm also, I would go with, uh, I would go number one with, with Ben McAdoo. That would be my choice for the number one guy uh, for the Giants. I just, I like the way he, I don't know, I just like his demeanor. 
I like the way he could stand there and, and you know, guys can believe in him and, and guys. I agree in a perfect world. We'd like to have him, uh, we'd like to have him another year or two as a coordinator, but you know, that's just, that's just not the option right now. So, uh, you know, it is what it is, but I think if he's going to be a good head coach and I do think he's eventually going to be a good head coach, then why not? Why not do it? And, uh, and just say, okay, mate, let's make this bold move. Now, I say with this caveat, because I think this is important. He needs to bring in his all of his own guys. Yeah. We need to get, we need to shake up that staff. We and there needs to be a because there needs to be a different feel. You know, we can't like I said, you can't have Ben McAdoo and you can't have Steve Spagnola. Uh you need a fresh start. Let him go out, hire his own staff, get some new guys, uh, and that's where I would start. Number two, I mean, I'm waffling between uh, either Hugh Jackson or Doug Marone. I'm going to go with Hugh Jackson here. I just think comes with a little less, I don't know, uh, baggage isn't the right word, but a little fewer question marks in regards to personality. Uh, Doug Marone, while I think maybe on the football, what I like about Doug Marone is the He's built up programs. He's a program builder. And I think that would, that would make him perfect with the Giants. What gives me reservations is the fact that he's had his troubles in other places personality-wise. And those places are Buffalo and Syracuse, not New York. And it, it seems like unless he really learned from it, and I don't know that because we're not sitting there in interviews, unless he really, really learned from it and has you know, changed the way he's going to approach stuff, there could be some personality conflicts at some point along the way here, and that, that kind of scares me with Marone. Hugh Jackson, I, I think everyone respects him as a football mind. Uh, a lot of people seem to like him. Uh, the players that all played for him, all pretty much, all, all that I know have respected him. So to me, a lot to like with Hugh Jackson. He'd be my number two, Doug Marone number three. Just to be different, because I originally had the first three the same way you do. I feel like they're, they're emerging as the top three names that we keep talking about here and probably going to be the three finalists for McAdoo, Jackson, Marone in some order. The one name that, that I am interested in and kind of intrigued by, just because he's been around so much winning, is Terrell Austin, the defensive coordinator yeah. of the Lions. I mean, you think about it. He was on a Seahawks coaching staff in 06. They went to the Super Bowl. Cardinals when they played the Steelers in the Super Bowl. And then the Ravens just a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl. He's been around a lot of winning I thought two years ago now with the Lions when they actually had some really good defensive talent with Sue still there, that was a good defense. They went backwards when he left and the defense wasn't the same this past year. But I'm intrigued by him just as a candidate here. Not sure how high he is uh, in this ranking. So uh, those are the names that we've been talking about. And like uh, you mentioned at the beginning of this show, Jordan, if, uh, if the Giants name a coach sooner than later, it, it probably wouldn't surprise Steve Tisch. Uh, let's throw our guesses before we end this, uh, end this episode here. Will we be doing one more show, one more episode of, the, of, um, of Talk is Cheap before the Giants hire a coach? Or will our next episode be reacting to the hire of blank? I'm going to say reacting. I think we are coming down to the home stretch here. And uh, there's going to be something unfolding within the next what, less than a week, sometime less than a week. So it'll be right around that time, the beginning of next week, when I think we're going to hear about the new Giants head coach. James, how about you? Our next podcast will be a reaction or a what's going on here podcast? 
I think it'll be a, a reaction podcast. I agree with Jordan. I mean, I don't know if I don't think they're going to have a press conference on Friday, but I, I would think that early next week at some point they will uh, they'll have this thing wrapped up. All right, so I'm I'm hoping that is so we can react to it and the Giants can figure out what they're doing and uh, we can move forward in the offseason and talk about a new head coach uh, of the Giants and and who knows maybe we'll also be reacting to Tom Coughlin. Uh, signing on with the Eagles or the Niners or who knows. It's going to be a wild week here. Jordan, get safe, get back safe from Houston, and we'll see you here next week, all right? Thanks, Joe. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks, James. No problem, Joe. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to Episode 39 of Talk is Cheap. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher. Uh, follow us on Twitter. React. Tell us what you want us to talk about and, uh, and give us some feedback on the show as well. This has been Episode 39 of Talk is Cheap.